Uh, good morning. Tom says, my name is Dennis Fay. I am one of the elders. Uh, I have the privilege of working uh, on the staff, and trust me, that is a privilege. Uh, last week, Elder Jack Sub concluded our summer series on the book of Psalms. And I, I hope you enjoyed the series as much as I did. Um, to be completely frank with you, when we had talked about doing the Psalms, that's kind of reluctant. I've never uh, taught or even preached on the Psalms. And, uh, but I tell you what, it's a little difficult, but it was challenging. And I absolutely love the series. I appreciated the uh, opportunity to share uh, a couple of Sundays. And I enjoyed all the elders uh, sharing their Psalms. But this morning, I get to kick off the uh, fall preaching emphasis called You're Invited Home. As you will shortly see, this is much more than a preaching emphasis. It's a church-wide fall emphasis on reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I am going to take some time in this message to share uh, or to give you an overview of what the next two months will look like and also how you could be a part of inviting people to our home. Christ Church Waldorf, okay? So for the next three weeks, I'm calling this preparation mode. We're gonna be in preparation mode. And this is what I mean. We want to train, we want to encourage, we want to challenge, and we want to model on how to do biblical outreach to your friends, to your enemies, to your family, to your coworkers. Now I know some of you are thinking, oh no, no, outreach again? Take a deep breath. Relax, okay? We simply want to help prepare you to invite people to Jesus by saying, hey, would you join me next Sunday or, or Sunday for church? Would you come home? You're invited. You're invited to our church. And that's really going to be the theme over the next couple of months. You're invited. You know, folks, I'll say this. We're going to do our best to minimize the fear of inviting people to church. And I believe, I believe we'll take the fear out of this, and I also believe we're gonna have a lot of fun doing this. Trust me, okay? So this month, all right, during September, we're gonna look at John chapter four, verses one through 42, which highlights Jesus teaching the believers and how to reach people for him. As you know, or maybe you don't know, John chapter four, it's about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So we'll look at this story of the Samaritan woman throughout the entire month of September. We'll go through the entire story. We're going to take our time. We're going to get in depth with this. Again, like I said, this is going to be a little bit more than a teaching emphasis or a sermon. This is going to be, if I could use a naval term here, all hands on deck kind of emphasis. Okay? I'm telling you. All right? But before I go any further, I, I just need to say this. Any Sunday is a good Sunday to invite someone to church, okay? But for the sake of this emphasis, we're looking, we're asking, we're challenging all of us if we would invite someone to church on September 24th, which is what we're calling Your Invited Home Sunday. It's a special service. Now, some of you may remember years ago, we did the back to church emphasis. Do you remember that? Right? Now, this is very, very similar to that. But we're not using the phrase back to church because 
we recognize some people have never been to church. How can they go back to church, right? So we want to make this user-friendly, easy. Just take the fear out of this, which is why we're saying, you're invited home. You're invited home. So on the 24th of September, we're going to have an amazing, uplifting service where we're going to love our guests as only Grace Church Waldorf can do. You all do an amazing job. You really do. And you know what? We're going to make it fun, right? We're actually going to have an ice cream truck here at the end of the service. And you know what? We're going to give out ice cream. You know, everybody loves ice cream. But folks, we want to invite as many folks as we can for that Sunday because, hear me, during this particular service, we'll ask our folks if they would give us five Sundays. We're going to ask, would you journey with us for five Sundays in October? Will you give us the month of October? We're not going to ask our guests to be a member or to sign up for a ministry. If they want to do that, that's fine. That's not the call to action. We're just asking, will you give us five Sundays? Five Sundays. And during that month of October, we'll look at the parable of the prodigal son, which is an amazing parable, right? Which I think will really, really hit home. And so as we go through this parable throughout the month of October, okay, each week, each week in October, we will highlight a special ministry of our church. First Sunday in October, we'll look at missions. Second Sunday, we'll look at the children's program, Awana, Sunday School, GCA. Third Sunday, we'll look at adult ministries like men's, women's, life groups. And the fourth Sunday, we'll look at GSM, Grace Students Ministries, where we'll have a special guest speaker come in. And the students will put on the service. And the last weekend in October, well, hold on. I'll get to that in a moment. That's going to be very, very, very special. We're, we have we, and continue to spend a lot of time, and so we've asked all our pulpit speakers for the month of October, don't, don't clap, but to shorten their messages. Okay? <laughs> we have, all right? All right? And there's a reason for that, because we were going to have testimonies, hopefully some baptisms, special music, maybe a child dedication, many things to enhance the message and many things to enhance the particular ministry that we are highlighting. In other words, we want our guests to see and feel the breath of God's family at Grace Church Waldorf, okay? And and listen, we want to show the love of God in a meaningful, impactful, and non-threatening way. Yes, I said non-threatening. We know each other. We're comfortable here. But folks, people who do not go to church on a regular basis, church can be scary. It can. And so we want to love on them well. Matter of fact, again, I said this before, we do this well, but last week we had training with our first impressions team. uh, Just to, again, to reiterate how important it is to love and to greet people. And of course, whether you're a guest or not, every person who walks through our doors, right, they need to feel loved and, and, and not threatened or feel like, like we expect something from them. We want people to know Jesus. And if they know Jesus, well, to help them walk with Jesus, to grow with Jesus. All right? So I mentioned that. So let's talk about the last weekend 
in, in, in October. It's going to be a very, very special weekend. On October 28th, we're going to have an event called, not Halloween, but following. Yeah. All right, following. All right. Saturday, October 28th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., we have a bunch of food trucks coming. We're going to have some inflatables, live music, ministry tables. We're going to eat well. We're going to invite all the folks who've been with us in October and the community to come and to eat, to hang out. And the most important thing, they can hang out with us. It gives us an opportunity to go and to meet people while we're eating. That's a pretty cool thing, right? Now, if that's not enough, the next day, Sunday, we're going to have a special service called Celebrating the Father's Love, all right, where we're just going to celebrate the goodness of our Heavenly Father, a time of thanksgiving, and we're going to have some special elements there, and it's just going to really be a cool time, and maybe we'll have some testimonies of people who gave their lives to Christ during the month of October. I don't know, but I know this. It's really going to be special, all right? So we really want to emphasize this, this thing called home. Now, before you take your communication cards and rip me to pieces, we recognize this is not home for us, right? As believers, we know that, right? This side of eternity. But we want this to be user-friendly and easy. We just want to make this easy for us to invite people to our home, your home. All right? Does this make sense? Are you following me? So I feel like I just gave the longest church uh, announcement in the history of church, all right? All right? So this is going to be our emphasis this year, this, this fall. So, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? To grow our church? Okay. To grow our budget? Not really. We're doing this because we're commanded. We're commanded to do this. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Of course, we want to reach the world for Jesus Christ from Waldorf. That is our vision statement, right? But that also includes our own Jerusalem, which is our southern Maryland. So what is our own Jerusalem? I don't know. If you had a map, you put a pin on Grace Church, probably a 20-mile radius around the church would be our own Jerusalem. That's Waldorf, La Plata, Hughesville, maybe parts of PG County, the northern part of St. Mary's County. That is our own Jerusalem. And folks, we need to reach it. And this is going to be our emphasis over the next two months. Are you with me so far? Yes. Great. All right. So we're going to look at John chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can take it out. Uh, we're going to look at the first five verses uh, this morning. Or you can follow me uh, on the screen as I read them. John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Joseph had given to his son, that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. So just have five verses this morning uh, to touch on. And so I want to take a look at this. Um, and 
As we see uh, that Jesus, what, left uh, Judea for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria, which is very, very significant. And we're going to get into that in much more detail over the next couple of weeks. But I really want to focus on the first two verses here, because we see that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he, uh, that Jesus and John performed. But we know that Jesus really didn't do the baptisms, did he? His disciples baptized, not not Jesus. And I think this is really, really important. I think this is a very significant point here because Jesus is kind of giving us a leadership model, a leadership model that is healthy for businesses, but especially the church to do. Again, Jesus clearly could have baptized the folks that he ministered to, but he allowed his disciples, he allowed his followers to do them, right? I mean, Jesus spent time, what, teaching and, and, and training his followers to do the work of the ministry. And this is really key because the apostle Paul really brings us home in Ephesians where he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. This is key because one of the main objectives of the church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. In other words, the elders can't do everything. The deacons can't do everything. Ministry leaders can't do everything. We must be together. We must do this. And so we must equip you. That's one of our main objectives. And that's where you can hold the elders accountable. Right? We need to do this. This is our responsibility. Therefore, in order to reach Southern Maryland. We need all hands on deck. Need all hands on deck. In other words, we all must be a part of reaching our own Jerusalem. All of us. We are better together. We are. So, my question to you this morning, what keeps us from sharing Christ? What keeps us from inviting someone to church? What keeps us from having a spiritual conversation with someone? My word, Jesus took time at the well to talk to a Samaritan woman. He took time. He made that effort. I started to ruminate on that question for the last week or two. I'm thinking, what does What really prevents us from doing this? I started to to think through it, pray through it. I started to even uh, research on a number of different sites on on why we don't share Christ. And as as you can imagine, when you start to Google something, multiple reasons, multiple lists, a lot of stuff is out there, much of it very compelling, okay, and and, and to some extent uh, true. But I, I, as I was looking at this, and I found a number of lists, I came across an article that actually upset me. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't believe it. But I kept going back to this article over and over and over. And the more I thought about it, I'm thinking, oh, my word, there's truth in here. And it hurt me and it bothered me. This article was written by a pastor, Stephen Lee, who pastors a church in Minnesota. And folks, I don't know much about Pastor Lee or, or his church. 
but his, his, his article just pierced my heart. And he titled this, his article, Four Reasons Why We Don't Share the Gospel. And the premise of this article, and I, and I agree, is that the word of God takes off. Right? But, said, but the word of God increased and multiplied, Acts 12, 24. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region, Acts 13, 49. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So if the word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, inherently possesses the power to increase and multiply through the work of the Holy Spirit, are you with me? Then why is, then why is evangelism so difficult? Why don't we share our faith? Why don't we invite people to church? Why don't we even have a simple spiritual conversation with somebody? Pastor Lee cites four reasons. And he says these are the four obstacles to evangelism. Number one, lack of gospel knowledge. For those of you who have been at this church for any length of time. You've heard the gospel many times, right? You have. I mean, we share in many different ways, yet some of us still struggle to articulate the truth of the gospel in a simple, coherent way. Let me ask you this. Could you share the essentials of the gospel in 60 seconds? Could you share your testimony in five minutes? We need to be able to do those things. So as I looked at this, and this is kind of why it pierced my heart, I need to take some responsibility in this. Because I've been on staff for 21 years. I've been in leadership for 27 years of this church. Now I realize I have failed. And I think as, as, as the leadership, we have not done a good enough job in equipping the saints in evangelism. But one of the phrases my wife absolutely hates is, to be fair. <laughs> she hates it when I say this. To be fair, we had evangelism, evangelism training all year last year. We had maybe five or six people who signed up for it. We're going to have it this year, crossing the barriers. All right? uh, we, we, will, we need to do a better job, and we will. But folks, if you lack knowledge, we can help you, and we want to help you. Number two, apathy. Yeah, Pastor Lee cites apathy. According to Lee, some of us just don't care that much about lost people. We would never say it, but our priorities and our lives reveal it. We make no time in our busy schedules to interact or engage with those who do not know Christ. All right, we have long stopped praying for lost people in our neighborhoods and workplaces. For instance, when's the last time you invited someone over to your house for lunch or dinner who did not know Christ? The reality of life is we do and we talk about things we're excited about. We all do it. Right? We all do it. Right? We talk about our, our jobs. We talk about our kids. We talk about our grandchildren. We talk about sports. I guarantee you next week the football NFL season starts. On Monday, right, we're going to be talking how the commanders, cowboys, and the eagles lost and the giants won, right? <laughs> or something like that. But I guarantee you, we're going to be talking about football. All right? We talk and do things that, that are important to us. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you just couldn't wait to tell someone great news? And was it about Christ? 
Think about that. Number three, no surprise here, fear. I get that. If we share the gospel, if we share our faith, what will people think of me, right? I mean, will they look down on me, okay? I mean, some of us are just paralyzed by the thought of not being liked, you know, or marginalized or laughed at or, or mocked. I, I, I know. So, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to even share your faith at work because, you know, you may not get that promotion. I understand that. But, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If we lack fear, let's pray for it. Four, lack of compassion. Let's face it, some of us may lack compassion for the loss. We have long forgotten what it was like to live without hope, lost and apart from Christ. We rarely consider that those who do not know Jesus Christ, those who do not have a relationship with Christ, will spend eternity without him. Can we just stop for a moment and think about that? Eternity apart from Christ. We might say we care but we rarely cry out to God for the salvation of our lost neighbors, co-workers, or friends. We've lost our compassion. So how do we overcome these obstacles? I don't have all the answers, but I do believe, I do believe this. I believe we, we must overcome these things together, not alone. I really believe this. I believe one of the primary ways we can overcome our lack of gospel knowledge, apathy, fear, or lack of compassion is by gathering together with fellow believers to remember and cultivate our core calling and convictions. In other words, what is our mission statement? We make it very clear up here. It's, it's the Great Commission. But we're to live and to love like Jesus and help others to do the same. We are better together. And we'll do this better together. This month, as we go through this incredible story of Jesus and a Samaritan woman, we will see how Jesus revealed himself to her at the well, which is remarkable. This is a remarkable story because, you know, Samaritan women were regarded as, regarded as impure. Matter of fact, Jews were forbidden to drink from any vessel they had handled. Yet Jesus still took the time to sit and have a conversation with her. And it ultimately led to many Samaritan people believing in Jesus. We're asking, we're challenging all of us to live out our mission statement. This is why we're canvassing neighborhoods, putting door hangers on, on, on doors. This is why we're, we're spending four days at the Charles County Fair with a booth to meet people and to hand out invitations. I mentioned we're going to do this in a fun way. This is fun. This is fun. All right, we need to do this. But I also recognize, okay, I, I, and I get it, that not everyone is comfortable with doing these things and, and especially sharing their faith. And this, again, is why we uh, created these, these non-threatening ways to do it. You know, you, you're, I'll talk about this in a moment, but you see the invite cards on your chairs. It's non-threatening. It's an easy invite. Folks, 
This is my promise, and this is the promise I can speak for the elders. If folks come out on September 24th, if we invite folks, if they come out, and if they're willing, these people willing to journey with us for five Sundays, for five Sundays, they will hear the love of Christ. And they will see the awesomeness of God's people, and they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, you don't, if you're not ready to share it, just invite. They will hear it here. We will make sure of that. In my 30 years at this church, and boy, I, I love this church, we've had some incredible seasons of ministry, haven't we? I hope you believe that. And one of my favorite seasons was in the 90s. And it just seems like we had a, a, a passion for evangelism. I think that's when uh, we were exposed to evangelism explosion. All right? And, and we, we, we learned how to share the gospel. And we had teams every week going out and sharing, visiting. And we had teams praying for those visits every single week. And oh, my word. All right? So many people came to the Lord. The church grew. The kingdom of God grew. It was exciting. It was so, so exciting. Matter of fact, there was a time where every time someone would receive Christ, we'd light a candle. So on Sunday morning, you walked in, you said, oh, wow, somebody came to Christ this week. But if we walked in and the candle wasn't lit, we're thinking, uh-oh, you know, no one. I mean, we, we, we knew. I mean, it, it was an, there was an urgency. There was a passion for the gospel, and it was amazing. All right? And folks, please, we're asking that we will pray that many will join us September 24th and, and, and that many will journey with us through October. And I believe this. I know the elders believe this, that many, we'll see many folks give their lives to Christ during this emphasis. And then I hope this will spur us on to continue to have that passion and that urgency for reaching people who need Christ. But this is going to be successful. We've got to be together. We have to do this together. And stand up here. It starts with me. And it starts with you, 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 you. You get the point. All of us. It has to start. Yesterday, um, several, several of us went to a, a local neighborhood, and uh, we handed out over 250 door hangers. And... Uh, just invited people to our service on the 24th and our food truck festival. We had a blast, right? We, we just had a blast. We handed 250 hangers out. We probably did this in less than half an hour. Just a beautiful day. We had fun. And you know what? We're going to be doing this every Saturday through the month of September. If you'd like to be a part of this, just show up at 9, 9 o'clock next Saturday or talk to uh, James or one of the elders, and we will connect you with an elder who's leading it. It was a lot of fun. We just had a great, great time. In addition, we're going to spend four days at the Charles County Fair. I believe it's September 14th or the 17th, right? And we need to man a booth for four days, right? So Stacy Buell will have a sign-up. Um, all we're asking, just, just come to the booth. We have some promos to give away. They'll come to you, all right? These people will come to you. We just want to just meet them, invite them to church, and just, just chat with them. But we need you to sign up. And you can do this with your family. You know, maybe four, four hours. It's, it's the fair. All right? It'll be a great, great, great uh, opportunity to do something. It's non-threatening, low-key, and fun. But I still believe 
the best way to invite someone to church is a personal invitation. Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman. Um, just saying, hey, Ben, would you join me Sunday for church? All right? So many ways you can do it. You know, give an invitation to your neighbor. Or maybe if you're having lunch at a restaurant, you know, pay the bill, leave a nice tip, you know, leave an invite card there, you know. I mean, it's easy to do. But a personal invitation is the best way. How do I know that? Because it works. I'm going to ask um, if uh, Dell would come. And she's going to share a story of how she um, came to this church and how she was invited to this church. So Dell, if you'd come and share your testimony. You know, move my stuff out of here so you have some room. Thank you, dear. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? <laughs> I am Lloyd Dell Makel. I go by Dell. So I'm going to share my testimony today. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, so you might see me reading off of my phone. But I promise, this is my story. I just wrote it down <laughs> so it's easy to follow. Okay. So like I said, I'm Dell Makel, and a little bit about me. I was... Um, I was born in Guyana. It's a small country in South America, located between Suriname and Brazil. Um, it's most widely known for Jonestown and the Jim Jones um, massacres that occurred there, but otherwise it's, um, it's a good country. It's a very poor country, so in Guyana you rely heavily on your faith and you rely heavily on your family. So with that being said, I've been in the church in some capacity for a majority of my life. Um, I knew who Jesus was growing up. I'd been told about him from everyone. I was baptized as a baby, so I thought I was good. I figured I was in good standing with him. I had been saved because I was baptized. We moved to the U.S. when I was eight. Uh, we went to church irregularly every once in a while, not every week, but I always had a really, really good time whenever we went to church. My cousins were there, my friends were there, we got to have fun, Sunday school was always a lot of fun. So church was always a great experience for me. I always loved going. That was until my um, freshman year of college. Uh, I signed up for something with Campus Crusade for Christ and it was just um, I don't think they were trained properly, but I had a uh, horrible experience with the Campus Crusade for Christ that kind of scarred me. I stayed away from church for a very, very long time after that. Fast forward, I'm now in my 20s. I've graduated from college. I have a degree in computer information systems. Um, I have a great job in IT, working in DC, making a lot of money. Uh, I was able to purchase a home. I had a dog. I had two cats. It was it was great. I, I love my life. Um, that's, at least that's how it felt in the beginning. In your 20s, you want certain things, and as you get older, you change. So a few years later, the commute was too much. The hours were crazy. I never knew when I was getting home. 
um, I had to put my dog in daycare because I, I, I didn't even have time to walk her. I was just, I was burnt out. It was, it was too much. It was the DC commute. I didn't like being there anymore. I wanted something different. So I remember a train ride home after a happy hour with one of my coworkers. He lived in the Charles County area as well, and we were both talking about how there were no IT jobs for us. We had to go to DC for everything. There was nothing here being offered. I didn't get home till around midnight after that night after that conversation with him. And um, I just had this urge. It was more of a compulsion to just to go online and look for an IT job that was closer to home. And I, I couldn't get to sleep. Mind you, I had to be up at like five in the morning the next day. But something told me to go online and look for an IT job. And wouldn't you know it, Charles County government had an IT job available that was perfect for me, that um, it closed the next day. So I got my, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, <laughs> I got all my paperwork together, submitted everything quickly, gave it a shot. I was like, we'll see what happens. Heard back from them quickly, went in for my interview. I thought it went well, but I didn't hear back from them for a really, really long time. I didn't, I didn't think I, would, I had gotten the position. So time continued. I'm still in the same job that I really dislike. I'm back in school at this point going for my master's, and it's just, it's too much. I'm burnt out. And that's when I heard back from the county. Six months had passed, but I heard back from the county. They asked me to come in for a second interview. I did. I got the job, and I started at the county. It was great. I loved it there. It was a really, really low-stress environment. They paid for me to continue with my master's. The hours were great. I had, I had time to have a life again. So those were some of the perks of working for the county. But on top of that, I had the privilege of working with some of the most wonderful people I've ever met. Some of you may know Cheryl Offenbacher. I worked with her on a daily basis. Cheryl was great, one of the most godly women you'll ever meet. I also worked with Ed Gorham. He was wonderful as well. Ed was also one of the most godly people you'll ever meet. So I'd been there for about a year when Cheryl invited me to a Bible study they were doing. I still wasn't in church at this time. And I really liked Cheryl, but I was, I was hesitant. <laughs> Cheryl was great, but um, I was still a little hesitant. I didn't, I wasn't going to commit to it just yet. And then a few days later, Ed invited me to the exact same Bible study. <laughs> so with the, Two of them invited me. There was, there was no way I could say no. I just, I liked the both of them way too much to say no. So I went, not for the Bible study itself, but because of the relationship I had with Cheryl and Ed, because I admired the two of them so much, because I thought the two of them were such great people. So I went to the Bible study expecting to go maybe once because of Cheryl and Ed, and I just absolutely loved it. The group that was there was the Gorums, it was Cheryl Offenbacher, Sue Edelin, and um, Ann and Dave. I can't remember their last names, but they're, hmm? Klein? Lines, okay. <laughs> so they were there, and there was so much knowledge in that room. They, they were able to teach me so much, and this was all from the first lesson. They were able to teach me so, so much. And in that 
that first Bible study, they invited me to Grace. And again, I was a little hesitant, but I came because I liked all of them so, so much still. Um, and as soon as I entered those doors, as soon as I, I came in, it just, it felt like home, like I was meant to be here. Everyone was so friendly and so, so welcoming, and everyone spoke, and Ed and Cheryl and Sue, they were all here, and they were all so, so nice. That was almost 10 years ago. I've been at Grace since, and it, it's, it's been a wonderful experience, and it's only getting better. But that, that one invite changed the course of my life because grace is where I got to know Jesus. I thought I knew Jesus before, but I realize now that I only knew of him. Um, grace fleshed him out and made him real to me. So, I mean, an invite's an easy thing to do, and it can change someone's life. Thank you. We truly are better together, you know, right? Cheryl, Ed, their life group. And so I know Ed and Cheryl are blessed. So are we. We've had the Dell and now her husband and her family for 10 years, okay? This is why we do it. We get blessed. They get a fraction of the action. We get a fraction of the action. Thank you, Dell. God Thank bless you, you dear. A lady told of taking her grandsons, ages four and six, to spend the day at Disneyland. During the course of the day, she bought each of them a little flag. On several occasions, they stopped to watch the marching band of toy soldiers, and each time the boys would be spellbound as the band marched by all at once. Then the grandmother realized that her four-year-old was gone. She searched all about calling his name and making her way through the crowd. As she sat down to catch her breath and tried to determine what to do next, she looked up to see the marching band of toy soldiers. There at the end of the line, smiling merrily and waving his flag with little Mikey, having the time of his, loss, of his life, completely, completely unaware that he was lost. How like the world gone on its merry way, unaware of a loving father's concern for its lostness. But someday, the band will stop playing. Then, and only then, will those unreached realize that they are lost, and it will be too late. Friends, we must have a sense of urgency for the lost. They don't, they don't even know they're lost. And if we don't tell, if we don't share... Who will? Who will? In 2017, Barnett did a poll of uh, not over 9,200 Americans and found out that only 31% identified as being a born-again Christian. And I've looked at other polls recently, and that number is much, much lower. I don't know how to say it other than we need to have an urgency and to think, to think that 70, 80% of all people won't spend time or won't spend eternity with Christ. Just, 
The thought of knowing that, the thought of knowing that millions and millions of people won't spend eternity should make every Christian shudder. We must have compassion for the lost. We must have an urgency for the lost. If we get emotional, I don't want to do that. Which is why, um, guys, um, look at this video. It really sums up this quite well. Take a look. It's our time. Who will you invite? Who? On your seats, you will see one door hanger, one invitation. And by the way, we have plenty more if you need them. And also a piece of paper, a little card. The next 60 seconds, I would like you, everyone here, to take that card and write at least one name, first name only, or names of someone you would like to invite to our September 24th service. As you leave service this morning, fold it up. There's a basket in the back. Just drop it in the basket. We will compile the names this week, come up with a list, send the list out so we can pray over every name. Folks, we could plan programs, we could do all this, but if we don't commit this to the Lord, it will not be successful. Is there an amen in here? Yeah. All right, do this now. I'm going to ask the elders to come up, uh, the prayer team to come up. Uh, in a moment, I will close out the service. please stand. Lord God, we are so grateful to be together worshiping you and praising you. And Lord, we just just desire to know you better. We ask now that you strengthen our faith and help us to be bolder in how we live our lives in serving you. Help us, Lord, to be a bold witness for you. Help us to step out of our comfort zones and help us to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have in you. Oh, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and may we be full of grace, joy, and peace because of your presence within us. We thank you. We praise you. We ask these things in your son's precious name. Amen.